Hi, you're listening to the Miramichi Reader Podcast. My name is James Fisher. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Miramichi Reader. So put a bookmark in that book you're reading and no dog-earing and have a listen to this week's episode. Hi everyone, welcome to the second episode for 2022 of the TMR podcast. So what's ahead on uh, this episode? We're going to be looking at more of the best of 2021 book lists. And to help us to uh, review them, we have Alison Manley and Ian Colford, two of TMR's finest reviewers. To um, And they're here by means of audio clips to talk about the books they chose to be on those lists. We also have uh, what's considered to be the, what we'll consider to be, the first live interview on the TMR podcast, and it's with my friend and colleague, Jessica Robichaud, so we'll be getting to know her and a little bit more about her reading habits, so stick with us. The best of 2021 book lists at the TMR website proved to be very popular this year. Um, it was a switch from the very best book awards, which I had held uh, each year up until now. I had a listener ask, well, what was the big difference? So I began the very best book awards as kind of a tongue-in-cheek jab at prize culture, such as the Man Booker Prize and the Giller Prize. I thought, this is at the time, it was just me here at the Miramichi Reader. Oh, I'm just going to nominate the best books that I read this year, and those are my awards. And uh, so that's what I did. And over time, it proved to be quite popular. And uh, of course, uh, authors are grateful for any type of recognition. And all the books I picked, were uh, it was all picked in serious, all seriousness. Just the awards themselves were, you know, kind of fictitious, but... There was no money involved or, you know, no actual prize or medal to hang around your neck or anything like that. They got so popular that, and, and once I got more contributors on board here at the Miramichi Reader, it was uh, getting to be out of my hands because I wasn't reading all the books. So then uh, last year it required the selection of a jury, uh, three different people to review uh, the, the nonfiction shortlist, the fiction shortlist, and the poetry shortlist and to come up with one winner. So I thought, well, this year, I really didn't want to go through it all again. Let's just go with the end of year, best of, in, in uh, nonfiction, fiction, and poetry. And so that's what I did. I find it a lot more inclusive. and You can have more books, and these are books that are selected by all the contributors and reviewers here. So you can uh, be assured that uh, it's totally independent and these are books they loved, and because they love them, they're pretty sure that you will enjoy them too. So that's the whole idea behind the best of uh, end of year best of books. So uh, we have here, by means of audio clip, as I mentioned earlier, Allison Manley and Ian Colford. And uh, we'll have Allison go first, and she's going to tell us about her choices. Hi, I'm Allison Manley. I'm one of the contributors to the Miramichi Reader, and I love to tell people what I think they should read, so it's probably of no surprise that I contributed several titles to the best of 2021 in all categories, poetry, fiction, and nonfiction. So 
Let's start with my favorite poetry selection for the year. The Essential Elizabeth Brewster, as selected by Ingrid Ruthig, was my pick for our list of best of poetry for 2021. I didn't know much about Elizabeth Brewster until I read this collection, and I was just floored. She was not included in a lot of the sort of traditional poetry canon, but her work is so strong and fits in perfectly with the time period she was writing in. She is both humorous and a true artist with her words, and I really, really appreciated this collection for introducing me to her work. The next selection for fiction is The Blue Moth Motel by Olivia Robinson. I've said this repeatedly, and I said this in my original review, is that The Blue Moth Motel reminded me a lot of Miriam Taves, which I think is the highest compliment I can give. It had incredibly similar themes, two sisters, an unconventional childhood, and a strange, strained relationship in adulthood. It really is just a wonderful book. It's funny, it's touching, it's tragic, and it shows an unconventional family in a really loving, gentle, compassionate way. So I, just, I fell in love with it the second I read it. My second fiction pick was The Last Hummingbird West of Chile by Nicholas Rudock. And this was another one that I could not stop talking about after I read it in the spring. This is a wonderful adventure tale starting with an accidental murder. Uh, Andrew kills the wrong person and runs away. So it's a round-the-world adventure. It takes viewpoints from everything involved from the white oak that was cut down to build the ship to the donkey that they they end up uh, riding with in the desert. It's such a wonderful, fun story while also engaging with discussions of colonialism, race, slavery, and indentured work, as well as gender roles. Uh, despite the fact that there are so many viewpoints in this book, it never, it never gets overwhelming. It was just a wonderful escapist, I think, particularly in this time, romp, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. My last pick for the nonfiction was On Opium, Pain, Pleasure, and Other Matters of Substance by Carlin's Warrenstein. So this one is one of the best nonfiction books I have ever read, ever. And I think this is because this is a topic that I work with in my professional life, discussing um, harm reduction and addiction. And On Opium was revelatory, even for those of us who are interested in harm reduction. So Ornstein really examines her own use of drugs and what makes, you know, someone uh, an acceptable drug user versus one that we want to stigmatize and that we marginalize. So this is a great book that's a combination of memoir, essay, and actual solutions for um, how we handle addiction, how we handle substance use, how we speak about it. 
and why why we categorize it in different ways i really think this this was an exceptional book and really relevant reading for anyone who works with those who use substances um anyone who is struggling with their own substance use and is able to do some work um reading about it and anyone who is involved in the healthcare system i really think this is just a wonderful book to lay it all out in terms of what substance use looks like what harm reduction can look like and what success in these realms can be if we step back and we let go of the moralizing that we that we hold about it okay well thank you allison for sharing your picks for the best of 2021 i might add here at this point that allison is what's considered a voracious reader she reads over 200 books a year which is just amazing. She works as a medical librarian here at the Miramichi Hospital, and uh, it's a great pleasure to have her as part of the Miramichi Reader for her reviews, and she's a very interesting person to follow uh, on Twitter as well as Instagram. So thanks, Allison. You're listening to the Miramichi Reader Podcast. Okay, and now we're back. Uh, we need to listen to Ian Colford discuss uh, two of his picks on the best of 2021 for fiction. There are actually two works of sh- short fiction. So let's now give our attention to Ian. We Two Alone, published by Anansi by author Jack Wang, is a collection of short fiction, beautifully crafted and dramatically satisfying. Wang is writing primarily about Chinese nationals and the sons and daughters of Chinese immigrants, people who are struggling to acclimatize to shifting geopolitical environments and to deal with crises that threaten threaten their way of life. There's an effortless quality to Wang's writing that's particularly impressive in this volume. We don't see the nuts and bolts of craft. Nothing intrudes on the reader's experience. In each of these tales, Jack Wang generates narrative momentum by introducing his characters, revealing their hopes and fears, wrapping up the stakes, and then letting the drama unfold in a manner that's patient and never forced. We Too Too Alone is a thoroughly engaging volume of short fiction. These are flawless tales of personal struggle and modern angst. In his second collection of short fiction, Chemical Valley, published by Biblioasis, David Hubert depicts a world that's become poisonous and inhospitable due to human neglect and greed. The messaging may be palpable, but there's nothing heavy-handed in his approach. In Chemical Valley, David Hubert's knack for creating engaging characters and dreaming up interesting things for them to say, do, and think is on abundant, rollicking display. Throughout the book, Hubert's prose shines, frequently catching the reader off guard with memorable turns of phrase and delirious imaginative leaps. The book is filled with the author's trademark manic energy, eccentric humor, and wry observations on life. David Hubert writes in a pulsating, kinetic, contemporary voice. It's apparent that he has complete command of his craft. These are quirky, artfully composed stories, worth savoring and rereading. Okay, thank you, Ian, for sharing those um, reviews. 
of the books that you chose, or two of the books you chose to be on the best of 2021 fiction list. Uh, there's a couple more that Ian chose, and uh, we'll be listening to those next week, along with uh, some others that have uh, contributed an audio clip of their reviews. Hi, this is Sonia Cycli, author of Samantha Sandwich Stand, and you are listening to the TMR Podcast. So as I mentioned earlier, I have the first uh, live interview here on the Miramichi Reader Podcast, and it's with my friend and colleague, Jessica Robichaud. Now, we recorded this uh, at a different location, not here in the home studio, so the sound quality is... Uh, little bit different, maybe a little more uh, echoey. Bear with us, and uh, here's Jessica. Hello, and welcome back to the TMR podcast. So today we have a special treat. I'd like to introduce the uh, TMR listeners to Jessica Robichaud. Jessica is a a co-worker of mine here in the Miramichi Hospital, and uh, I thought we'd uh, start the year off uh, by having actual actually live people on the show start with jessica so i'm going to just talk with jessica a little bit maybe you want to say hello first jessica hello yes thank you okay <laughs> she is here so uh we're going to talk a little bit about um uh, uh, first of all i should mention jessica is from uh, new brunswick here yep. for our listeners that aren't uh, from new brunswick um, she uh, is from Kent County, which is just a little bit south of Miramichi and a little bit north of Moncton. Yeah. And it's a very uh, Acadian area, as, as is most of uh, eastern New Brunswick and northeastern New Brunswick. And uh, so Jessica is Acadian background, also a little bit Irish. I think. That's right. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. So she's a little mixed there, a little mixed up. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to just uh, talk about... Uh, books at home that she grew up with, uh, books that influenced her uh, throughout her life so far. She's only 27. That's right. She has a long way to go. I hope. Okay. So first of all, uh, growing up in the small village of San Marie, yeah. uh, what, were, what do you remember about uh, books at home or books you had as a child, things like that? Um, not much because my memory is not the best, first of all. Um, my mom was telling me, apparently I read a lot of dolphin books. I was very much into dolphins. So I vaguely remember that. Um, but later on, I guess, obviously like all, all kids, um, a lot of pictures. Um, and then I brought a couple of my old books here that my parents used to read to me. Apparently I don't remember it. So I'm going to take her word for it. Um, old French books that my mom used to have as a kid. So we're looking at three, uh, yes, three hardcover French books that have definitely been used (laughs) and read. Gently worn. Gently worn, yes. So tell us a bit about them. Well, I I was looking at at, um, through them. They smell very good, by the way. (laughs) The books. Right. Um, It's very, it's, you know, very big words and little pictures here and there. And I vaguely kind of remember it, which is impressive to me. Um, 
but they were made in the 60s, I want to say, so my mom yeah, was, they, was read them. They definitely have a 60s look about them. <laughs> yeah. Good. And for some reason, I kept them, which I should probably give them to my nephews, but anyway. Family heirloom. Yeah. These old crummy books. And there was there was one book that had a special uh, you liked what was in the back of it for teaching in the in the back of it yeah it kind of explains oh what is this one um so it kind of it talks about the central idea of it of each little story and it talks about this is all in French of course um like physical health and mental health and it and it explains you know oh they need to be active and they need to be doing this and mm -hmm. i was kind of impressed that they talked about mental health for the 60s yeah um so i thought that was pretty cool yeah so it's got each story had a had a point or yeah uh, highlighted a different aspect of, of yeah. life like yeah very interesting yeah so that's uh that's so that's young, early yeah early Jessica. Young Jessica, yeah now let's go into uh high school right and everybody has to read in high school. We have, yes. a, we have assigned books or books <laughs> we can pick ourselves. Um, yeah. So tell us a bit about that. Um, should I go? I'll say, I'll start with the, yeah. Start with the I started, English. Well, books. Yes. Um, so I would say late uh, elementary, kind of middle school. Um, I started playing sports, so ringette and hockey. Uh, mainly ringette at that point, and I was a goalie. Um, most of my family were, its blood is all uh, goaltending. Um, so anyway, I got some books um, for my idol at the time, well, still is, uh, Martin Brodeau. And uh, I, I remember this was probably one, one of the earliest books that was <laughs> this long that I actually read. Um, and then over the years, I've accumulated a bunch of, of, of stuff of his. Um, I got a signed puck when I went to. Oh, did you? Yeah, when oh. I went to New Jersey. Really? I thought I'd, I'd buy myself. So you met him? Oh God, no. Oh. I, I bought a sign. Oh. <laughs> I wish. I really wish. Oh, okay. But no, I, I went to the gift shop and bought a signed. Oh, nice puck. Nice. And you still have that displayed somewhere? Yeah, uh, not displayed, but in safekeeping. Yes. Good. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just goaltending books, I guess, just to help proven techniques for dominating the net. There you go. Um, dominated, you did. Right? Oh, yes, I was good in my day. Yes. Now, my back and knees are telling me. Yeah. Um, it's falling apart. The, the the as we speak. <laughs> the drama. Um, so this was, yeah, so later on in high school, um, obviously, we started getting assigned books. Um, so I loved English um, classes, so we started off with what I can remember reading. Um, we started off with 1984, yeah. um, Tuesdays with Maury. That was a, that was a, like a school? Yeah, yeah. Like an assigned one? Or? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we had options. We could either, like we had like Fahrenheit 451 oh, yeah. and, and all those. That's a good one. Right. And then we kind of got to read a little bit of the synopsis and decided which book okay. we yeah. were more interested in. Uh, Tuesdays with Maury. I think Tuesdays with Maury, everybody read because it's so good. Um, and then what else did I read? 1984, Tuesdays with Maury. 
Um, oh, Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's right. That was a Oh, Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yeah. There you go. Good. Yeah. So very dystopian, apocalyptic. Ooh, yeah, look at you. Get <laughs> the terms down. Um, very good. So that's uh, high school, so it includes mm -hmm. sports. Uh, someone recently uh, said I didn't have enough sports on the show, so there's your sports fits, people. <laughs> Sport reference. Yeah, Martin Brodeur, Beyond the Crease. That was uh, that was co-written uh, by Damien Cox, who's a Toronto Star uh, sports reporter. Oh. Um, in 2006. Yeah. If anybody's interested in Martin Brodeur. <laughs> Anyways, so that's good. It's always good yeah. to read about uh, people. And, uh, yes. Their memoirs, things like that. Yeah. Um, speaking of memoirs, wasn't there something else <laughs> you're talking about? What were you talking about? Memoir. Here's my great me uh, memory. We just spoke about this maybe a week ago, and I thought memoirs were like, you know, once they were more or less Posthumous. dead. Posthumous. Yeah. I can't they, they wrote them when they're dead. <laughs> Instead of... Because, you know, you can do that. I don't remember. Okay, maybe think about it. Yeah, stay tuned. We'll, we'll maybe remember it in a later... Okay, so there we go. Uh, so now uh, we had some more to talk about, didn't we? Uh, recent books? Oh, yeah. Well, James is very kind, but I uh, I have no um, reservations. There you go. In, in, in admitting that I'm not a big reader, um, I try and try as I might. I just can't get into it. Um, even though, like I was telling you, I enjoyed reading these books in high school. Some kids, I remember, they, it was like, you know, pulling a Band-Aid. Yeah. And they really disliked it. Whereas I enjoyed these books. But nowadays, there's just a selection of other things you can be doing. And I'd rather be doing anything else. So, but once in a while, I'll, I'll pick one up. Yeah, just pick it up. Yeah, just, just, pick it up. just to smell it and glance yeah. at it. And, yeah. Just so you can tell me you almost read, <laughs> almost read a book. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's uh, good to, uh, to, you know, the first part to recovery is just admitting, <laughs> your, admitting your faults. So. Yeah, that's right. But, I mean, books might come along yes. that you might read. And I know yeah. your mother's tried to get you to read Jan Arden book. And, yeah. Uh, James Patterson. Oh, you you read, uh, to, you read uh, what's her name? Uh, an Ellen. Oh, yes, I do have an Ellen. Yep, Ellen so Shivers. Oh, that was the memoir. That was the memoir. There yep. you go. Yeah, there you okay. go. All right. So Mystery if we dig hard enough, we'll find some books that Jessica's actually <laughs> owned and or read. <laughs> Good. All right. So that's a great. Good. Nice to meet you, Jessica, yes, on the show. Yes. Yeah. Um, she'll be returning mm -hmm. um, maybe semi-regularly. We'll see how it goes, mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll review these audio files, and we'll see just how, <laughs> how uh, now she's fine, she's great, don't worry. Um, so uh, she'll be back, she's actually going to be uh, in another episode interviewing me. Yes. So she's going to turn the tables on me, That's I don't right. know what question she's going to ask. Get ready. So, yeah, we're extra antiperspirant. <laughs> and, uh, okay, thank you for listening for this to this segment, and thank you again, Jessica. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Jessica, for being the first 
interviewee on the TMR podcast. So that's a wrap on episode two for 2022. Thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. Thank you to our contributors, Allison Manley, Ian Colford, and Jessica Robichaud. And most of all, I thank you, the listeners, for the, to the TMR podcast for uh, continuing to listen. Our readership, our listenership is growing surely but steadily. And for those of you who wish to subscribe to our newsletter, you can go to miramachireader.ca slash subscribe. And all we ask for is your first name and an email address. And you'll be signed up to our weekly newsletter, which uh, is full of reviews of nonfiction, fiction, poetry titles, author interviews, and regular weekly columns. And if you wish to support the Miramichi Reader in a monetary way, we certainly appreciate that. You can go to our Patreon account at um, patreon.com slash Reader or follow the links on our website. So once again, thank you for listening to the TMR podcast and see you again soon. TMR, the Miramichi Reader, Canada's best regarded source for the finest in new literary releases. Visit miramichireader.ca.